0: let me read let me read to you guys a little bit of Psalms 46 that I just just really blessed bless me this week. God is our refuge and strength. always ready to help in times of trouble. so he will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea let the oceans roar and foam let the mountains tremble as the waters surge a river a river brings joy to the city of our god the sacred home of the most high god dwells in that city it cannot be destroyed from the very break of day god will protect it listen the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble God's voice thunders and the earth melts. That's the God we serve. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord, verse 8 says. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us the God of Israel is our fortress oh, may the lord add a blessing yes. to the amazing reading of his word thank you lord yes 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 so whenever you get down whenever you get discouraged Whenever you feel overwhelmed, whenever you feel that all is against you and that all is trying to take you down, when you have no friends, no breaks, nothing seems to be going your way. You remember that God is our fortress, that God is in control, that God still runs the earth, that God still is in command, and that all of the universe answers to him. So why are we studying the book of revelation, perhaps to some of the most difficult, scary, mysterious, weird book in the Bible, a book full of symbolism and metaphors and analogies, A, a, a book full of object lessons and, and, and various creatures and things that are difficult to understand. Some of which futuristic, why are we studying this book? Three reasons. Number one, it's God's word. Second Timothy three sixteen says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and that it's all it's it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that's one reason we're studying Revelation. It's part of the sixty six books in the canon of Scripture. It's in the, it's in the Bible. It's not. Something that's you know often to philosophy. That's okay. Uh the second reason we're studying God's word is that we're instuck, instructed to study it. Second Timothy 2:15, study to show thyself approved. A third reason we're studying the book of Revelation, as a by way of reminder, is that at the beginning of the book in the first chapter, chapter three, and at the end of the book, chapter 21. We are told that those that read, that listen and apply these words will be blessed. That's why we're taking time to study the book of Revelation. And I even have a little bit of an ulterior motive. I want us to study the book of Revelation because I want to help you understand that this book is not difficult. It's not impossible to understand that is not mysterious. That is not spooky or hidden or dark or, you know, forbidden that it is a great book. One to be enjoyed, one to be applied one that will help our living because the time is near one that will inform us and instruct us and bless us and encourage us and cause us to rejoice and celebrate because we are going to win the battle is fixed Hallelujah. it's all taken care of god is in control and we are victorious Thank you, Lord. Thank you. we're overcomers Hallelujah. amen So you should just be pumped because this book is just, this book is our victory lap. This book is our celebration. This book is our party in advance. This, this, This is bigger than a Super Bowl party. This is bigger than the Cavs downtown having NBA All-Star Weekend, the parties that's going on. This is bigger than that. This is bigger than winning the World Series. This is bigger than being the champion of the world in boxing. This is the greatest celebration, the greatest victory that, that ever is. Having your name written in Lamb's Book of Life, written and recorded in God's book. That's why we read it. That's why we celebrate it because we are part of the greatest list in the world. This is the VIP of VIP list. Amen. You get your name on this book. You get your name on this list. You are in there, baby. (laughs) That's That's why we study revelation. That's why we study revelation. That's why we enjoy this book because it is our book for both repentance and rejoicing, a book that encouraged us because the time is near that our king is on the verge of inviting us into the eternal kingdom with him forever. So three things we learned last week. Last week we learned from studying the church at Sardis in chapter two, as we wrapped up chapter two in Revelation, I'm not gonna be before you long, three things we learn. Number one and verse two, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. I have in my notes that we should just think about Matthew 26:41 that says, in the greek it says watch and pray in english if you look at the greek grammar to that and see how that's actually extrapolated in the syntax of this verse with, within the uh, confines of this text it really means it's in the tense that says keep watching sort of a perfect present tense keep watching keep praying keep watching keep praying that you enter not into temptation The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So when you feel like you're on the verge of giving up, giving in, keep praying, keep watching. God is a present help in the time of need, according to Psalms 46 that we just read. Here's number two thing that we learned last week. We learned that this message to the church at Sardis was a warning to all all churches, present, past, and future, that we are not to get comfortable with our past reputation and start resting on our past laurels don't think that because you were on top of things last year pre-pandemic and that you had accomplished this and you were here spiritually you were here financially you were here physically that you have arrived we have to test our mettle and make sure that we win and strive every day victory is measured in 24-hour increments we can't rest on what we did at bat yesterday in baseball you're no better than your last at bat you may have hit a grand slam yesterday but guess what this is a new day you gotta it's what have you done lately what are you doing now so we need to stay vigilant stay prayerful Stay watchful. Stay in God's word, Amen. And then the last thing that we learned last week from the Church of Sardis is that He says, "I will not." And this is uh, in verse five of chapter two. Uh, I will, of chapter three rather. I will not blot out His name from out of the book of life, but I will confess His name before My Father and before His angels. That just lets me know that God is saying, "I'm not going to." renege on my promise when God saves us he keeps us when he keeps us he redeems us our salvation is secure in him when we are truly saved God does not lose us he does not blot our name out of his book according to Luke Chapter 10, verse 20, when those names are written in the book of life. I love the uh, translation in the NASB says recorded. And I like the NLT perhaps even more. He says when your names have been registered, it's just a certain legal formality about that that just sounds official. My name, your name has been registered in the Lord's book of life. Our salvation has been recorded. It's been registered. Oh my goodness. That is just so much. That is just so blessed. That is so encouraging. That is so reassuring, isn't it? Doesn't it give you confidence that you can live your Christian life with boldness, with confidence, not worrying about hell, not worrying about losing your salvation, not worrying about slipping or falling? If you've been truly converted, now it's about doing works that are pleasing to God. It's about building on that foundation. It's not about worrying about losing it. It's about how do I grow it? How do I be better? How do I be stronger? Amen. Today, just for a few minutes, it's already 1144, so I'm going to just cut it short. The church at Philadelphia, Philadelphia, the city, the the, the the word talks about, it means brotherly love. We know our, our Philadelphia, here's the city of brotherly love. I think that's the city from which our beautiful sister Pat Thompson hails from. And uh, uh, the Bible says in Revelation chapter three, verse seven, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? We know that the angel is the human messenger, probably the pastor or one of the elders or elders of that church, churches today still sharing this message. The Bible says he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut and who shuts and no one opens says this. Let me just comment on that real quick. You should also be encouraged when God opens the door for us. No demon in hell, no foul spirit, no devil, no satanic presence, no evil, no wickedness, no man, no institution, no human entity can shut it down. No one can shut it down. When God opens, when God closes, it's permanent. And God gives us that confidence. When He closes the door, shutting out evil, shutting out uh, uh, wicked forces, shutting out the enemy. That door is shut, and the devil cannot break it down. He can't break in. He can't come through the window. He can't climb over the gate. We are secure in Christ Jesus. What a blessing. What a what a sense of encouragement, of sense of comfort, of confidence, of assurance, knowing that God has me. He's under me. He's over me. He's behind me. He's in front of me. Revelation chapter 3 verse 8 goes on to say, we're, we're into this pattern of commendation, condemnation, correction and consolation that's the protocol or the format for these letters for the most part to the seven churches and here's an exception this is our second exception our first exception was smyrna our second exception in this letter there's going to be three exceptions totally because laodicea next sunday will also have one because they they received no commendation But in this church in Philadelphia, there is no condemnation. There is commendation and there is consolation. And of course, since there's no condemnation, there's no need for correction, right? So those two are taken from the list here in Philadelphia, just like they were in Smyrna. So here is the commendation for the church at Philadelphia and boy oh boy I pray that Believer's Bible Church is regarded this way in God's sight I I pray that this is how the Lord is looking at our humble congregation that we are faithful to him and here's what he says I know your deeds you need to know that God knows our deeds good and bad he sees us darkness or light close or open doors God sees everything. He says, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut because you have a little power. Now that can be interpreted a couple of ways. I don't know if the Lord was actually saying they have a little power in that they only have a, a little clout or or influence in terms of the government or other churches or if they only had a little bit of money or just a a little bit of people i don't know exactly what he's referring there regarding power in this context but he says all you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name when i think about that i think that you know what it doesn't matter ladies and gentlemen how much power you have how much money you have how much might you have the race is not given to the swift the bible says nor the battle given to the strong but god tells us in the gospel that he that endureth until the end the same shall be saved this is a battle of perseverance this is a walk of endurance this is about lasting. This is about enduring. This is about just keep on answering the bell. Keep on keeping on. Keep on striving. Keep on, if you get knocked down every day, keep getting up. Keep pushing forward. You know what? I love King Jehoshaphat over in 2nd Chronicles not just because of his great prayer, but because of what we can see of his heart and that great prayer that he prayed when they were overwhelmed by the enemy. Let me just read you a quick two verse excerpt of the prayer of King Jehoshaphat, which by the way, this is one of my favorite. I know some people love the prayer of Jay Bass. I know some people love the disciples prayer. I know other people love the prayer of Psalms 23 and everybody has their favorite, but listen guys, this, this is one of my favorite prayers in all of scripture because it is an amazing prayer and it just checks all the boxes that we sometimes struggle with listen what he says here King Jehoshaphat praying to God because they are about to be annihilated by a nation that has 10 maybe 20 maybe 100 times the soldiers they have in their army they have more might they have greater resources they have greater battle strategies and Israel does not know what to do and listen how King Jehoshaphat puts this request before god this is just an excerpt of this amazing prayer found in second chronicles chapter 20 i'll cut to the chase in verses 12 and 13. here's what he says "O oh, our god will you not judge them i love this part this reminds me of the church of philadelphia when the lord says you have little power Jehoshaphat says, for we are powerless. You ever felt powerless? You, I'm talking to you guys this morning. Have you ever felt like, I have no way out. I have no answer to this problem. Have you ever felt like you just were helpless? Almost hopeless. Have you ever felt like you just can't come up with a solution? Plan A, B, and C have failed. You have no recourse. You have no more strategies up your sleeve, no more tricks, no more rabbits to pull out of a hat. Have no more phone calls to make. You know, back on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, uh, you you had the option to uh, phone a friend. (laughs) You 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 phoned all your friends. You you've called you've called Todd. You've called Brother Earl. You've you've called Sister Cynthia. You, you've called Lisa twice. You've called Jessica and you you just they just couldn't help you anymore. You're just out of phone of friend calls. So this is where Jehoshaphat was. He couldn't call any nations around him. He couldn't call in that favor. He couldn't call in that marker. I'm going to knock this down. I'm, I'm a, this is a tray that I have over here for, for Rick and Music Stand. we're out. let me settle down. He couldn't call in a friend. <laughs> so the Bible says that Jehoshaphat says, Lord, we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Your health, your finances, your family, your friends, your spouse. Hang on a second. You, you have no, you have no resources no recourse every everything and everyone is coming against you you feel like the whole world is against you and everything you've tried everything you've thought of every route you've taken has ended in a dead end Jehoshaphat said we don't know we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you verse 12 of second chronicles 20 the bible says all of judah was standing before the lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. You know what? Let me just say this to you. Sometimes when you're going through the fire, sometimes you just need to call a personal solemn assembly right in your own home right in your own life if you don't have a family living in your home or your or your place of habitation then you just call a personal lord i gotta shut everything out i'm turning off social media i'm turning off the tv i'm turning off the radio i'm shutting down my phone i'm blocking everything off I'm not eating. I'm not drinking right now, right here. I'm just going before the throne of grace, Lord, with everything I have. Every husband, every wife, every child was standing before the Lord, essentially echoing the sentiments of Jehoshaphat's prayer. Lord, we don't know what to do. We don't have any more options. All we can say is, Lord, our eyes are on you. Lord, you're going to have to work this out. Lord, this is in your hands. Lord, you are not only our only resort. You're not only our last resort. You're our only resort. You have to do this for us. You, Lord, you have to this you have to heal me you have to deliver this situation you have to bless my finances you have to touch my employer my job You have to touch my friends, my neighbor. You have to deal with those kids at school that's messing with my kids, that's messing with my grandkids. You have to fix that teacher, that principal, that worker, that store, that manager, that person down the street. You have to fix the judge's heart, the prosecutor's heart, the defense attorney's heart. Lord, you have to intervene with the people that's dealing with me at the bank, that's messing up my money, that's freezing my checking account. Lord, you have to do this. I am powerless against this enemy. I am powerless against this situation. I have no more strings to pull. I have no more resources. You have to just level with God and just put it out there. Lay it on the line. Open yourself up bare. Lord, this is it. I need your help. I messed up. I can't fix this. I can't do this. Even if it's not your fault. Lord, I'm just before you. Lord, you need to fix this. I don't know how I got this medical report. I don't know how I got this credit report. I don't know how I got this police report. I don't know how I got this job performance review. But I need your help. Please, Lord. Whew. That was the request, but listen, I, I'm wrapping this up. I'm wrapping this up. I'm wrap, I'm looking at the clock. A t- couple minutes here, eleven fifty. I'm wrapping this up. Listen, listen what God will do for us. Listen how God he he blessed the church at Philadelphia. Oh my goodness. Oh boy, there's just so many things I, I, I want to say. I, let me just give you this response. To, to King Jehoshaphat. N- number one I'm just so pumped of, of where the response came from. It, it didn't come from the bishop. It didn't come from the apostle. It didn't come from the overseer. It didn't come from the pastor or the elders. God God can work through ways that will just blow our minds. God chose the choir director. Yikes. (laughs) Don't put God in a box. Don't put God in a box. Don't think that only the quote unquote most spiritual looking guy in the room has all the answers. Don't think that just the person with the title got all the answers. Don't think that just the person with initials in front and behind their name is the only one that can get a prayer through. Don't think that just because you don't have a job in the church, you don't have a role, you don't have a title, you're not over a committee or an auxiliary, or you don't have a talent or a gift or something that puts you in front or in charge or all around. Don't think that just because you are not the person on the stage that God can't get the glory of of your life that god can't use you that god can't empower you that god can't elevate you that god can't promote you god can send the answer through a child through a donkey in some cases god knows what he's doing and he will get his work done to his glory Here's the response in St. Chronicles 20, 17. You're thinking in your mind, what does this have to do with the church of Philadelphia? It has to do with anyone that has little power. That has little weak little that has weaknesses, that has struggles, that has persecutions, like the church at Philadelphia. This is how God will come through for you, the way He came through for Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament. He came through for Philadelphia in the New Testament because of your faithfulness. God will reward your faithfulness. God rewards faithfulness. I don't care what era, what century, what decade, what millennial. Millennium, God, or, God responds and blesses faithfulness. Where he sees it, God will bless it. Here's what he does. In 2 Chronicles 20, 17, it says, you need not fight in this battle. Let me tell you something. Let me just say this. If you're doing all the fighting, then the wrong person is doing the fighting. That's right. That's right. If you're doing the fighting, if you're trying to fix your own problems with being the by trying to shout them down, trying to outmaneuver the person, trying to get it through the courts or some other legal, if you're trying to manipulate and maneuver and twist and connive, if you're trying to do that, you are not the one that should be fighting. You're probably the reason you're in this mess. How you gonna fix it? <laughs> how you gonna fix it? How am I how am I gonna fix it when I got myself into this mess, perhaps? Jehoshaphat realized that if anything was gonna happen, God had to do it. The Bible says that you need not fight. He sent this message to Jehaziel. The choir director, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. That means stand still. Cease and desist. Quit trying to maneuver. Quit trying to figure out. Quit, quit trying to strategize. Quit trying to to come up with another plan. Quit trying to uh you know manipulate. Station yourself, stand still, and know that I am God. He says, Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf O oh, judah and jerusalem jerusalem do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow go out to face them for the lord is with you amen i i'm just blown away by what god will can shall has already will continue has always <laughs> provided for us amen that's the God we serve I'm going to finish this next week because I, I I don't want to start a new thought right now I want this to kind of marinate I, I will talk about next week a little bit before we dig into Laodicea I'll do a little part B of the church of Philadelphia because there is one more point I want to make about this particular church and how their faithfulness brought about their, their ex- amazing exemplary status with God as one of the only two churches in Asia Minor that was not condemned for unfaithfulness. And I want to stress to you the importance of being faithful. Here's my Monday morning moment. It's not the size. Here's the Monday morning moment. It's not the size or strength of a church that determines its standing, but the faithfulness to God's command. I'm basing that on revelation three eight. Let me repeat it again. The Monday morning moment. It's not the size or strength of a church that determines its standing. But it's the faithfulness to god's command obedience the bible says is better than sacrifice obedience is better than gifts and talents obedience is better than skills and abilities being faithful to god well done matthew 25 well done My good and faithful servant. God is looking for faithfulness, consistency. People that will stay the course. People that are not flaky. Not on again, off again, up, down, all around. But people that are committed. People that are in it for the the long haul. In it to win it, right? We're going to stay in. We may bend, but not break. We may be down, but not out. We may stumble, but not fall because God has us. God is supporting us. I pray that you're encouraged by the message. You go back this week and you reread that entire experience there in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Go back and reread Revelation 3 about the church there at at philadelphia go back and reread what god said in his word in the sermon on the mount about our perseverance and our continuing to seek and to find and to ask see what god says and see doesn't he minister to your spirit see doesn't he become a blessing to manifest himself as a blessing and show himself strong on your behalf dear lord we just thank you for your word this morning We thank you for your goodness we thank you for your kindness we thank you for your grace may you may you lord be glorified in all that we do today and this week and may your people be edified in jesus name we pray amen amen amen